Hello, everyone. Welcome to the North Church Podcast. We are so excited you're here. At North Church, our vision is to love God, love people, and follow Jesus. We'll be here every week with a new encouraging message to help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Now, here's Pastor Rodney Fouts with this week's message. Uh, so welcome to the new series, Dreamer. And we are launching off this week, week number one. Uh, it's a study of the life of Joseph. And so I'm gonna be diving into that story from the book of Genesis over the remainder of uh, this whole month of January, maybe even going into February. And so I want you to turn with me today to the book of Genesis chapter number 37. And as you're turning there, I do want to remind everyone about the fast that is starting tomorrow, okay? Uh, that is January the 7th through the 27th of January, 21 days of prayer and fasting. If you have never done that, I encourage you to do so. If you have before, and like, oh, don't let it be old hat, and don't let fasting, fasting can be saying no to some things in your life, things that you can enjoy. Maybe it's saying no to entertainment, movies, TV. Maybe it's fasting on those things to give yourself to really studying and reading the Word of God. Maybe it's saying no to food. We're asking all of our staff and asking you to say no to food. And uh, you pick what that would be. Uh, ask God. Uh, I'm also asking you to think about a word during this time. Ask for a word from God. One word that you will make as kind of a focal point. It, that could be freedom. It could be joy. It could be love. It could be forgiveness that needs to happen in your life or receive that forgiveness. For me, that word, as I was praying on Thursday about that, the word that came to me over and over again, I just began to think about it and think about it, is the word presence. I am praying during this 21 days of prayer and fasting that I step more into the presence of God and have his presence revealed to me at new measures that I've never experienced. Because I do not want to go forward without the presence of God in my life, whatever, whatever I'm doing. And another part of that word presence is that I want the presence of God to be so with me that other people encounter God when they're in my presence. They see God's hand at work. They acknowledge it. They say, there's something different about it. Even if I do not know them, I, I want them to see and experience the presence of God and know something is tangibly different. And then I can use that opportunity to point them to Jesus. Amen? So take advantage of these 21 days. Verse number two, Genesis chapter 37. Get your Bibles out, get your phones out. If you don't have either one of them, I hope you bring them every single week. Get your notes ready to take. We take notes here because at North Church, we believe, what? That those who take notes are the first ones that get, to get into heaven, right? <laughs> or you can look at the big, big Bible in the sky, wherever you are. Verse number two, this is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked with his half-brothers. The sons of his father's wives, Bilah and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age to his favorite wife actually also so one day Jacob had a special gift 
made for Joseph. A beautiful robe. If you go back to the original Hebrew, uh, one of the terms that comes out of there is uh, an eclectic or a coat of what we grew up maybe hearing in Sunday school, a coat of what? Many colors. Verse number four, but his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. Hold there for just a moment before we continue reading. Did you pick up on the dysfunction of this family? You got Jacob, and the Bible didn't really go into him, but if you go into the, the portion we read there, if you go back and read previous chapters, you find that Jacob was messed up. Jacob deceived people. He stole people. He went about things the wrong way, created bridges that were burned in relationships throughout his life. Then you hear you have him married to multiple women. Women That was never God's plan. Even when you read that in the Old Testament, it was never God's plan. Okay, it was always be one man and one woman in marriage. And here he is, he has multiple wives. And not only that, he has sister wives. Rebecca and Leah, who are not mentioned here, but Rebecca and Leah are sister wives. That is not good at all. There's boasting that you get out of this. There's a lack of kindness. And as a result, you know what happens in a family where these things exist? Hatred comes in. Oh, but I got good news for you. You may want to write this down. God's plans and purposes aren't for perfect people because they become, they become the focal point, the center point of God's amazing work that would just tell his beautiful story for generations to come. And that ultimately the very son of God would come out of that lineage. You know what that gives me? It gives me hope because not one person in this place is perfect. So that means we're all candidates still for God's purpose and God's plans in our life. I'm starting with me. I am flawed, I'm messed up, I'm a sinful man, but thank be to the glory and the grace of God. And no matter how dysfunctional you may feel you are, no matter how messed up your life has been in the past or even in the present, there is a God who can guide your life and provide for you great things according to his glory. Oh, that's good. Verse number five. One night Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field, tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around my mine and, and, and bowed down before me. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Note to self, be careful who you share your dreams with. And also be careful in the way you share your dreams with people. You see, because there's haters out there. When I mean haters, there's jealous people. And haters think that by bringing you down, they can lift themselves up. And that's what you have in this story. And that's what's gonna happen. 
verse number 18, verse number 9 through 11 talks about another dream that he had. It says that he had another dream of a sun and a moon and 11 stars. There were 11 brothers. And they all bow down to him. Now they're even madder. And one day they're out in the field and they're working. And there's father, who he's back there at the house doing not much, except every once in a while going out and checking on his brothers, sends him out to check on his brothers. He goes to check on the brothers to give a report back to the father. And they see him coming in a distance and they've developed a plan. Listen to this. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance, maybe because of the coat of many colors. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. This is the key verse. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Would you read that with me, that last part? Here we go. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. I want you to stand with me. Every location, stand with me. What is going to become of your dreams? What is going to become of your dreams in 2019? God's placed a dream inside of you. Three aspects of that dream that some of you are facing right now. Maybe you feel like it's totally lost. It's not even on the radar of your life. A dream that you once had. Maybe there's a dream that's still a kind of a flicker of a flame that once was. And you're struggling with that dream. Don't let it die out. Or maybe you don't have a dream. And you really can't recall a dream. Well, God wants to place a dream inside of you today. And I know this, God has purposes and plans. Those are his dreams for you. But the devil also has a purpose and plan. And that's to squash that dream. That's to steal that dream. That's to kill that dream. That's to destroy that dream. Several years back, when we, before we started North, for about two years, a dream birthed inside of me. I was in my 30s. I'd never pastored a church, never been on church staff, never been a youth pastor, never been an associate pastor. Didn't know what it was to work in the local church. And God birthed something inside of me that I kept pushing off and saying, God, I can't do this, I can't. There's no way. One day I was reading a book, and in that book it was about dreams and visions. It's called Visioneering. And as I read that, I read three words that jumped off the pages and grabbed hold of me, and it was run with it. And that day I said, God, I'm not going to run from it anymore. I'm going to run with it. And there's dreams of people listening to me right now. Maybe you've been running from them. Maybe you just never have laid hold of them. But God's saying, run with it and see what he can do today. Amen. Father, I pray now for every person listening to me under the sound of my voice. God, that you will set into motion the great things you want to do in their lives. There's dreams that are still yet to be fulfilled. May we today lay hold of that promise, hear what you have for us, and then obey in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, one more time, everybody said, Amen. Give the person next to you a high five before you're seated.
Several years back, I was asleep, having a wonderful night's sleep. Sound asleep, and I wake up to a fist hitting me in the chest. And then I feel another fist, and I'm trying to gather my senses out of a dead sleep, and I realize that my wife is sitting up in bed right next to me, hitting on me, pounding on me. You, you, you thought you knew our pastor's wife. I, laying on my back, I grabbed her fist. And when I grabbed her fist, she kind of startled her a little bit. And she woke up, or at least she pretended to wake up. <laughs> and I said, what's going on? And then she kind of, you could feel her tension let down. I let go of her hands. And she looked at me and she said, oh, nothing. And she rolled over like she was going to go back to sleep. I'm like, you're not going back to sleep. What happened? And then she said, I had a dream. Well, I said, it was my nightmare. <laughs> and in that dream, she dreamed that I had come home with another woman. And in that dream, there's family around also. And she looks at me and she says, what are you doing? And then she looks at the family like, he can't do this. And all the family's like, it's okay. And at that moment, she realized she had nobody, and she just said, I'm going to fight for what is mine. And she went, I hope she never has a dream like that again. This was years ago. And you know what? I am so glad that my wife was willing to fight for our marriage. I'm so glad our wife was willing, my wife was willing to go after it and say, you know what? I'm not going to let something be stolen from me. And here's what I got news for you. Don't let the dreams that God has placed inside of you be taken from you. Dreamers don't. Joseph was a dreamer. Joseph had something placed in his heart deep from God. And some of you have a list of dreams. Maybe those dreams, as I already mentioned, have been lost. Maybe they need to be revisited and renewed. Or maybe you don't have one at all that needs to be ignited. Ask God for that dream and then run with it. And when I'm talking about dreams, I'm not talking about dreams that are for only your personal success. I'm talking about things that are for eternal significance. I'm not talking about dreams that just simply are of earthly good. I'm talking about something of eternal value. Now, don't get me wrong. The things that you have, starting a business, what you always have to remember, even when that grows and have, you have personal success, it is not ultimately about that. What God has placed inside of you is ultimately about eternal significance for the kingdom of God. Keep that in the forefront when I'm talking about dreams today, that this is not about you. This is about bringing glory to God through you. Amen? So dreamers, what about dreamers? Let me give you a few things that I learned from this passage about dreamers. First off is this, is that dreamers define their life by God's promises, not their problems. Studies have showed again and again That when people go through something very traumatic, very difficult, that oftentimes they can stop right there and not move forward. They go through an issue that hurt them deeply. 
It could be something of their own choosing. It could be something of somebody else's choosing. It could be something completely out of their hands, like a death of a loved one. It could be something where they were tragically sexually abused when they were young, or they picked up alcohol young. Or, and what happens is that they stop emotionally maturing and developing, and they're limited from that day forward because they never go back and revisit it and let God do his work in them. And what happens is they are defined by their problem at that time instead of the promises of God. You see, you're gonna have problems happen to you. You're gonna have issues come your way. What you gotta determine now as a dreamer, as a person that has something placed in them from God, is that you're not gonna let yourself be defined by the problems that come your way in life. You're gonna let yourself be defined by the promises God's placed inside of you that are yes and amen. God says it's not that divorce that defines you. It's not the abuse that defines you. It's not your addiction back in the day that defines you. It's not the loss of job or the loss of a, of a loved one that you cared so much or the child that died young that is the issue. No, God has said, I've got plans for you that God can take care of you no matter what problems come your way. You see, Joseph, this is key to note, Joseph didn't do anything to deserve the favor of God. He didn't deserve the dream. He didn't deserve the coat of many colors. He didn't deserve the favor of his father. And at the same time, Joseph did not deserve the mistreatment of his brothers and the scorn of people and the pit that he would go into and the prison that he would visit, and the shackles that he would have on his body later on in the story that we read. He didn't deserve either one of those. And it's crucial to realize, when you talk about the promises and the blessings of God, that you remember that the favor of God is not something that you earned or deserved. It's favor of God. Are you listening? So when God gives you the promotion, when God gives you health, when God blesses your life, you don't tap yourself on the back and say, oh, look what I've done. I'm making God so proud. No, no, no. It's the goodness and the grace of God that you have what you have, that you are who you are. It's not by your works that any man should boast. But let me also say on the other side of the coin when, coin, when you have bad things happen in your life, when you have pain and suffering, when you have shortcomings, when you make wrong decisions, when other people attack you, when they throw you in the prison, when they throw you in the pit, that's not what you deserve either. That is not what God had planned for you. It's not God punishing you. It is the work of the enemy that comes to seek to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus has said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. So don't let yourself go either way. Stay right in the center and say, oh, everything good comes from God. And when I have something difficult, oh, it is gonna be a difficult time, but God is gonna turn it around for his glory and his good, my good. See, you're not responsible for all the events that happen in your life, but you are responsible for your response. You see, everything that happens to you is not your fault, but it is your opportunity. And opportunities come as a result of adversity. And adversity is the opportunity for you to take an advantage of to see what God will do. Mm. And you might not have equal talents. You might not have equal giftedness, equal money, equal family experience as someone else. But you know what every single person listening to me has? Equal opportunity. 
to do something with what you have before you. In Matthew chapter 25 is the story of the master who comes and gives to the servant five talents, two talents to another one, and to the third one, one talent. The first two take and do something with it. The third one buries it and does nothing with it. And you know what? Later on, all the master wanted was not for them to compare themselves to somebody else, just to take advantage of the opportunity that's been given to them. Do not bury the opportunities out of fear, out of laziness, out of a sense that I cannot do or comparing to somebody else. Come on, put your whatever it is, into action and trust God and let God do his thing. Take advantage of the opportunity God has given you today. You see, Joseph, at 30 years of age, stepped into a new realm. The story begins with him at 17 years of age and the problems he was facing. But at 30 years of age, everything turned on a dime. He went from a prison where he was shackled to the palace where he was the leader of a country, the most powerful country on the face of the planet at the time. Hear me. That's how God works. And don't tell me otherwise. Because God can turn around your darkness into daylight. God can turn around your difficulty into something very dynamic in a moment's time. The difference between a lot of people stepping into that realm and other people not is the simple thought. Did your problems define you or does God's promises define you? You see, Joseph didn't allow what happened to him at 17 years of age to define him. He held on to the promises of God. Even when it seems like the promises of God kept slipping through his fingers, he kept hanging on to the dream that God had placed in him. Hear me, do not let what happened to you at seven years of age define you at 37 years of age. Do not let what happened to you at 14 keep you and define you and keep you locked down at 44 years of age. But I'm telling you, if you will remember the promises of God, no matter come hell or high water, you will always remember that I may be in a difficult moment right now, but God suddenly, God in a moment can turn it around for my good. Joseph knew that. You look at later on the story, we'll get into it in later weeks. But he looked at his brothers when he finally sees them face to face some, matter of fact, some about 20 years later. 20 years later, he looks at them face to face. You know what he says to them? You meant this for evil, but, 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 but God meant this for what? Good. Secondly is this, let your decisions, dreamers let their decisions be driven by their God-given dreams. Did you get that? Let that soak in. Dreamers, let their decisions be driven by God-given dreams. So let's look at Jacob. Jacob is the father of Joseph. Jacob, early in his life, had some dreams. There was prophetic words over him that he was going to be. But what happened with Jacob is Jacob did not let his decisions be driven by the God-given dream. He tried to rush it. He tried to make it happen on his own timing. He tried to do his thing to make it happen. Let me tell you, every time that you take a God-given dream and you try to make it happen, you're gonna mess it up. I know from experiences. You see, I don't regret what I've been through in life. You know what I regret is how I went through things. It's when I messed up because I didn't wait patiently on God and obey him and let my decisions be directed. But, but let me also say this. When you do mess up like Jacob, 
because all of us will? You know who will come along and sit on your shoulder and say, you've messed it all up? You're not worthy of the goodness of God and the dream of God and all this, and you're never gonna see it. You know who will come? The enemy, the devil will come sit on your shoulder, whisper in your ear and tell you you're not worthy, you're not gonna make it. That is a lie from the pit of hell. I got news for you. God was waiting on Jacob all along. God never abandoned Jacob. That dream was still there and God was gonna bring it to pass because you cannot screw up what God has placed inside of you. Because when God places a dream there, it is going to happen. Now you may delay it. You may push it back for a little bit. You might not, but here, here's what I'm saying. When you have delayed it, when you have messed it up, remember that your mess ups can't destroy the miracle God has placed in you. It's still there, it's gonna come out. Then you got Joseph. Joseph was a little different because Jacob, his dad, he was the one messing up. But for Joseph, it was other people trying to mess up his dream, right? It was other people that was jealous, that was trying to destroy the dream. I got news for you. There's people in your life that maybe have tried to steal the dream, destroy the dream, speak over you negative things, They've tried to rob it from you through your job. They've tried to take it through a divorce. They have tried to take it through some other means. But let me tell you something. They cannot destroy what God has placed in you. And the moment you think that they are the reason why I'm not experiencing the dream is the moment that you're giving them more power than God. They're not God. Yeah, they can hurt you. Yes, they can say things about you. Yes, they can do things, but they cannot destroy what God has placed in you. Lay hold of that and remember that. You see the doubt and disappointments that come your way can drive your decisions or you can let the dream that God has placed in you drive your decisions. And oftentimes, if you're like me, I want to know the details of the dream. Anybody? I like God, give me the details. And I'll, I, I, you know, I get, it gives me reassurance. It gives me confidence. God oftentimes does not want to give you the details because he just wants you to trust him, not you. Because if he gave you the details, you would mess up the details. Let him do his thing. Also, carefully choose the company you keep. Because it could be that the company you keep is dragging you down from reaching the dream that God has placed in you. Third thing is this. When nothing seems to change, dreamers count on God's purpose without panic. Dreamers, when nothing seems to change, they count on God's purpose without panic. When my kids were six years of age, you know, there's one thing I didn't give them. I didn't give them a new car. Why did I not give them a new car? Because it wasn't timing. It wasn't time at 10 years of age, at 12 years of age. Even when they turned 16 years of age, there were some steps and decisions that they had to make to receive the dream. Some of those decisions were getting some driver's ed training, studying for the test, going and passing the test. 
And as those things begin to happen, the timing was right. Because the worst thing for me to do is to be able to give them something that they were not prepared and ready for. Oftentimes, we're asking for God for things in our life that we have not properly prepared ourselves for. And the timing is not right. And sometimes God's goodness is proven by saying, not yet. Let that sink in for just a moment. What does that mean for you and what does that mean for me? It means that in the not yet, God still has us on a journey of developing us to prepare us for the moment that is yet. Joseph spent 13 years from 17 to 30. Millennials, listen to that. 13 years. But what was 13 years of great disappointment, devastation, and darkness in his life turned on a dime as God brought the dream to pass and he went from the prison to the palace. God can take your situation and move you right now, tomorrow, from the prison to the palace. Now, Joseph wanted it to happen years before. I don't know when it's gonna happen in you, but don't give up on what God has placed in you. Hold on to it. You see, dreams can take detours. What's your responsibility? Don't panic because God's purpose is in process. People will let you down and attack you and give up on you. What do you do? You don't panic because God's purpose is at work in me. God at times may feel distant. He may feel aloof. But in those moments, don't panic. God's purpose is at work. There's gonna be times that you're gonna feel like you're doing all the right things and God is not showing up to do his end of the bargain. Let me tell you, do not panic. God's purpose is in process because God is going to be no debtor to any person. And when you stay faithful to the process in due time, God is gonna bring out the reward that he has for you, the fulfillment of the dream. And that dream is gonna make a difference, not just in you, but it's also going to make a difference in many other people because I have found that God dreams are not just about you. They actually spill over and impact many other people. So what, what do I do? What do you do? Let me give you three things dreamers do. 2019, I want you to do these three things. First off is this. What God has placed in you, I want you to write it. Write it in a notebook. Write it in your phone put it on your computer. And then when you write it down, okay? And I'm not talking about writing down your pain, writing down your disappointments. We spend so much time focused on the negative, we need to speak on the hope. Focus on the hope, write it down. Put it on a sticky. No, just put it, put it, put it on, your, on your steering wheel that you can see, on your mirror when you put your makeup on. Put it on your dresser drawer right there when you get up every day to get your socks that you're reminded of it over and over and over again. Write it down, write it down. Secondly is this, read it. Put it in those places so that you can read it every day. And when I'm talking about read it, I'm talking about meditate on it, think upon it, revisit it. How many love good stew this time of year? I do, I love good stew. Mm. Shannon made some the other day. It was so good. But I'll tell you what, Stu, I, I, I love it the first time. I actually like it better the second and the third time. And I'm, I'm talking about the second day, 
the third day. You, you, that's, you're certain types of foods. You, you know what I'm talking about? There's certain types of foods you don't like the second day, the third day. You'd rather, you, then you don't like it warmed up as much. But there's certain foods that you actually prefer it the second day, the third day. It gets better with time. You know what I found out with dreams that God gives? When you write them down and you read them every day, they get better with time. Even when you haven't seen them come to pass, they begin to stir something in you. They begin to simmer inside of you and they begin to do something fresh in you and it gets sweeter, it tastes better. You look forward to it more and more and more and more. Whenever I played high school baseball, I had a great coach that taught us the idea of writing our dreams down for the year and then reading them every day. Write them down, read them. Write them down, read them. And when he talked about read them, he talked about learning to meditate and dream them. Dream them. And I, I began to write those down for my high school accomplishments for that year. And then I would read them every day. And then he taught us this concept of learning to be able to set and just see those goals coming to pass by practically making the right decisions every day. And I could see myself in game situations with my eyes closed, laying at bed at night. I could see myself just before practice, closing my eyes. In key moments in the game, I could picture the field, the crowd, everybody around me, and me being up to bat. And there would be two outs, two bases, two people on base, two strikes, and the pitch coming right on the edge of the plate. The umpire could call it a strike, could call it a ball, but I would take that wooden bat and drive that ball leather ball out into the right center field fence. And I could see the bases clearing and me sliding into third with a triple. I could see myself doing those things. And what I began to find out is that if I could believe it, if I could see it, it would come to pass. Oh, that's not far from what faith is and what it means in our spiritual realm. Because you see, the devil wants you to give you a bad report. He wants to give you bad news all the time. You know what God does? God says, I've placed a dream inside of you and you've got to envision that dream. You've got to believe that dream. And then you've got to go after that dream. There's some of you, the dream may be related to your marriage. Some of you, the dream may be related to your kids. For some of you, it may be related to a job, a future, a plan, something that happened in the past. Do not give up on the dream and envision where God wants to take you. Do not let the enemy place the thoughts in your mind that's going to detract you from the dream. Believe what God has in store for your future and run with it. Run with it. Which brings me to the last one. Run with it. Write it, read it, and run with it. Some time ago I saw a news report, and the news report was of a tropical storm that was coming in. They were warning the people from the coastal areas of this specific place to get away and to get in. in and, and so numbers of people were shutting down shop, businesses, they were leaving. And as all these people were leaving, and the interviewers going, you could see the people leaving. But all of a sudden, you notice in the camera shot that there was people running to the ocean. It was a bunch of millennials. There's a handful of young men and a couple of young ladies. And there was something unique about each one of them. You saw them running toward the ocean and on their shoulder they were carrying surfboards. And so the interviewer or the stopped and said, what are y'all doing? And said, oh, now's the time. 
It's the opportunity. We've been waiting for this. And I love that. Because you know what dreamers do? Dreamers see the storms of life as God's opportunity to show off. They've seen the difficulties of life as God's opportunity to show and demonstrate His power. You see, because they see the storms, not like everybody else sees the storms. They look at the storms and say, oh, wait and see what we get to be a part of right now and see how God can do something. Because you see, it's in the most difficult times of life. Joseph knew what that was like to be thrown into a pit, to be thrown into a prison, but he knew some way, somehow, he was gonna ride this wave right into the palace. And I'm telling you, when you are facing your most difficult times, know that actually it could be the perfect storm to throw you into to God's blessings and his favor in your life. Somebody say amen. amen. And I hope in 2019, you will ride the wave into what God has for you. Run with it, run with it. While everybody else is running the opposite way, run into it and say, God, I trust you. Father, thank you. With eyes closed, no one looking around. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're here and you need Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the very first thing, an item of importance here to deal with. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. So right here where you are, confess with your mouth and believe. Turn from running life yourself to allowing God to run life for you. Let him be the king that he is already. You just have not allowed him to be king and Lord of your life. Surrender all to him. And secondly, secondly, I'm gonna deal with the topic of my message. Some of you right now have lost a dream. Some maybe that dream is just simmered and it's just ashes of what once was and you need to reignite that dream. And some of you, maybe you don't have a dream. You say, God, give me a dream. Give me something that's from you not for personal success, but of eternal significance and run with it. Run with it. Run with it. Father, I pray now all across this place, do your thing. Set people free to run with the dream you've placed inside of them. They haven't messed up their dream that you've given. It's still there. It may be delayed, but it's still there. Others haven't destroyed this dream. That dream is still there. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the North Church Podcast. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered by the Word of God. For more information about North Church, check out our website at north.church. There you can view more messages and join us for experiences live online. You can also subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great week and remember to love God, love people, and follow Jesus.